Welcome to I'm From the Internet, a podcast about somethingawful.com, the goons, and their consequences. I am Chicago illustrator Winslow Dumaine, and I'm sitting here with Jay Brandsetter, an internet historian. And usually, Jay gives us uh, a story from Something Awful and guides us through uh, a little bit of the lore. But we've been uh, pretty occupied for the past couple weeks, uh, and so... We don't have a something awful story for you this week, but I'm going to sub in with uh, one of my favorite little stories from a company that I may or may not work for. Uh, I, I work for a, a company that moves things around the country. Uh, not necessarily moves things around the country, but we work with drivers that you know have trucks and move things around the country. So our, our business is like the relationships, right? As such, we have a whole side of the company that is just the people that talk to truckers. And all it takes to have a trucking business is just gumption and a truck. I don't know. Are, are you, are you, do you have any truckers in your life, Jay? I actually worked as a, as a small trucker for about six months uh, a couple of years ago. I worked for Carvana. I was delivering cars and picking them up when people were selling them and stuff. So I got to work with, the, with like, the big truckers like this because they would show up at, like, 2 in the morning to drop off one of those haulers full of cars that we were going to be unloading the next day. So uh, for first-hand experience, I know that these people, are, especially, like, the family-owned ones that don't really have any oversight or anyone to answer to, they can be very interesting to work with. Yeah, it, it's very funny because it is, like, a, a very distinct part of a, a career like it is a family business because you bought the truck and that is your business you know um and it, it can be very fun and it's also like you get these glimpses into uh the psyche of the drivers and the psyche of the companies because of like we there are like thousands and thousands and thousands of trucking companies because it literally it just takes any one dude with a truck some of them have thousands of trucks on the road uh but most of them are just one two or three trucks right um, and so we would, uh, it's kind of like when I used to work at a hotel and we would go through, uh, the list of everybody who was staying at the hotel and all of their guests and all of the other people. And you would just see, like, you don't see this normally, but like thousands of names at a time. And you can look through and just think like how many interesting variations of names. I, I met a man named Metropolitan Smooth. <laughs> Which is one of the most fabulous names that I've ever fucking name. heard. Wow. It's a fabulous name. Um, and so, uh, as such, there's, like, names of these trucking companies that are very funny. Because there was a company that uh, used to be on the road uh, just called Suicide Trucking. And we were working with them for a bit, but we had to be like, hey, guys, we, you have to change your name. <laughs> like, we, that's too fucked up. We can't deal with that. And I think they, I, I might be completely lying. I might be making this up, but I think that they just like, they called it like negligent homicide trucking or something like that. They just like <laughs> called it some bizarre other thing. And we were like, guys, you're the only ones who take this route. You have to pick a reasonable name. And then they picked some like, you know, Bob Evans trucking company or whatever. You, 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 um, yeah, you got to love your malicious compliance. Yeah. And so we had one for a latex manufacturer who is, you know, these clipper ships will come into to the ports and unload, you know, 
thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds uh, or like, you know, probably thousands of containers, each one with 44 or 53,000 pounds of material on them. Right. And uh, then they would go like it's some companies are big enough that they fill multiple containers, but a lot of them are like just a portion of it. Like when I had my tarot decks delivered here, it was really just like, you know, think of like an, an outhouse, like four outhouses of tarot cards into the back of a container. And then they have to unload that to a separate thing. And then there's all these different ways that it gets to people. Right. But we had a container uh, that was put on a truck and that was a container for a latex manufacturer. And we looked at the manifest for it. And this is like a very strict legal document that is signed off by like government agents of multiple countries, depending on how it gets here. And it would just say, like, you know, all everybody who's ever had hands on it, all these different signatures, the weights of everything. And then it says for the contents, it just says all caps, ass pussy, ass pussy, ass pussy, ass pussy, (laughs) ass pussy, ass pussy. And it was because they were making like the rubber ass pussy dolls. And we had these printouts of it because it's so goddamn funny. And then we actually had to email them. We're like, guys, we have to call it something else. (laughs) And so they had to call it uh, like. They're just shipping toiletries now, but it's they're it's ass pussies, you know. Um, That's great. That, it, that won't fit in a toiletry bag, you know. Uh, that reminds me of like during Brexit when there was a time when all the trucks were holed up. And one of the people they were talking to was a guy who had a truck full of, in his word, uh, sex arses that he was selling. That he was like, sex arses. Yeah, Jesus just, just all these headlines about the, the sex arse driver and everything. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm in the arse business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. purely for sexual purposes, of course. Yeah, I, I love the idea of like swapping out synonyms for things. It's like, oh man, I'm gonna go get some ass tonight to being like, oh I'm gonna go get some tuckus. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm gonna go go get some behind. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So um yeah there's there's a lot of like uh just funny things that will happen here. Um I'll, you know like usual office bullshit where like somebody emails everybody accidentally. Um I there was somebody who like sent this like excoriating fuck you to their manager and then just tagged in because there's just an email that everybody has access to that you can just email all like 15,000 employees. She just fired off one at the whole office, which I thought was such an awesome way to leave. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't hate this job. Honestly, I, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just like a good pace for me, but, uh, you know, obviously most of my, my income comes from art now after having my body smashed open, uh, this last summer, I'm glad that I have health insurance because that would have been a pain in the ass. But, um, yeah. And on that note, I just, uh, today finished ordering the fourth printing of my tarot deck, which means that I'm going to have another truck, of four outhouses of tarot cards delivered to my apartment, um, which is like 3,500 pounds of tarot cards, which is like a, a Volkswagen of art to my house. So that's, that's a fun thing. Um, I, and so what I have for you today, cause this is going to be a, a shorter episode. Uh, but this is one of the, my favorite things that I've, I've read. I think we have a few people that drive trucks for us. But for the most part, it's just we work with individual companies and then we have uh, most of our company is like representatives for other people. And those are the people that like, OK, 
we have the job. This is where you're going to go. You're going to go from here to there. You, yeah. We, we talk to the client, which is like Walmart. And then uh, we talk to the truckers and we get them all situated. Right. However, that does mean that a lot of uh, very strange people with access to trucks have to uh, go through us. And look, I'm not going to throw the, the hardworking truck drivers of the world under the bus here or under the truck. Rather, my dad's a trucker, but there is a huge deal with like meth and illiteracy in the world of trucking. Oh, man, there's so many other stories I could tell you that are just too incriminating, but we're going to skip over this. So this is an email that was sent from the carrier, i.e. truck driver, to the carrier representative explaining why he is uh, banned from delivering to Walmart and how he needs to, like, get another route, so on and so forth. So this whole thing is one paragraph. (laughs) um this to put this into perspective my dad's a truck driver and when he was applying for other jobs he kept trying to apply at like home depot or whatever and he's absolutely totally computer illiterate and so he he's like yeah i applied for the whole job they had me do it on the computer in the warehouse and uh, I couldn't figure out how to put spaces between any of my words, so I just put a period between every word, which means that my dad's like application just looked absolutely insane. Oh, boy. And there's a, a little drop of that in what I'm about to read to you. So, email from a truck driver to his representative. Cool. G-g-g-g-g-g-g-g. Hey, the Walmart went to the limit. I finally go a door, you know. What happened at 2.30 in the morning? Well, after I got a door, I asked how many acres is here. The black lady said 180 acres. So I did my usual and put on my brother's Pepsi plant mechanic suit on and go running because it's cold and I can't go anywhere for HOS dot rules. The Walmart droke at 2.30 a.m. So I ran the outer fence line and got chased down by two big lawnmowers, and there was no lawn to cut. So I ditched them the first time, then rested on the line and on the ground. They ran me like a wild horse chasing. Fuck, I was sweating. Then, after I rested, I ran again. Then the two mowers came chasing me down. One of them yelled at me, but maybe 200 feet away. But... One cool dude with long hair stopped next to me and shut his mower off, and he asked me what I was doing and how did I get in. So I did. I told him my trailer was in door 38, and I came with a truck of juice from Miami. He said cool, and I saked him and asked if he could do a wheel stand. So we did a fast reverse and then held a cool three-cutting-blade wheelie. It was cool. (laughs) I told him I got one of them in my living room. But the shit corn gas plugged up the carb, so he said later, and I went running again. Then two men with weed whackers started to come for me, but there's no grass or weeds. Strange shit is going on. 
Started at 2.30 a.m. and it's not over. So I ran away. Too weird here. Like all... So I ran away. Too weird here. It like they're all dead. Walking dead. Except the wheelie master. So I laid down flat on the grass and took off my tennis shoes off. And my socks stink. And I'm all sweaty. And a white truck pulling a long trailer stops about 200 feet. And a gay man looks at me and yells, Where in the hell did you come from? And he scared the fuck out of me. So I put my shit on quick and ran through the swamp so his truck would get stuck in the mud. So I kept running about 250 feet back from the trailers. Then... Oh fuck. Two gay men yelled out at me, Hey, why are you doing running, sir? And one said, Have you seen a man running naked? No, sir. But there's four men way back there and two on big lawnmowers with no grass to cut and two men walking. Then one big white man says, I know you. You checked in. I said, that's not true. A black lady checked me in. So at that point, I thought, this place is weird. I can park safely. When I told the black man at 2.30 a.m., all the lights were weird red, stopping me all the way, and I'm going to crash. And I'm too tired to drive anymore, and it's your juice, not mine. He said, no, you gotta go, but if I de-go, I can't come back, and I'm gonna be out of service. And he, he was fucked, right. So, to the go-ahead, and sue Walmart, but you can't stay. So, I ran to my truck, closed my curtains, and took off my sweaty, muddy clothes, and started to eat a watermelon. Then, I got pounding on my truck. What do you want, he said. I want to see you. I'm not gay. No. Can I look at you? Why, I'm not gay. Can you just come out and wait a minute? Okay, wait. I gotta get clean, clothes on. So I jumped down in front of him with my watermelon. Watermelon spelled watermelon, like medallion. And he got scared. What's wrong? He said, I ain't never seen one eat a watermelon like that. So I asked him, you want a bite? And he said, no. Okay, what's up there? (laughs) Someone wants to see you, okay. So I follow him to an ambulance with two paramedics and two sheriff cars and maybe ten Walmart executives. So sheriff searched my truck and wrote down my airplane number, my phone number, and all my license info. And I have to leave right now. Walmart is charging me with trespassing. But sir, I said, I have federal BOL stating I'm alone here. That's another issue, okay? But sir, I'm tired and out of service till I sleep, and I have eight hours and two free time. That's another. You have to leave right now. That's the president of Walmart. And he said you were running in a Pepsi suit naked. Really? Me running naked in a Pepsi suit? Yes, he's the president, and he says he has, he has you on closed-circuit camera running naked in a Pepsi suit. And leave. No? Okay. I hooked up and dead tired, went out the gate, and went for the other Costco. Weird day in court coming up, and I'm dying to see what they're going to cut up on the naked Pepsi suit running. Be cool, Marlon. The ending of just 
be cool, Marlon, is the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. The, the guy I was on tour with wanted to get a tattoo of a guy doing a wheelie on a lawnmower, and it just says, be cool, Marlon. <laughs> and if I wasn't such like an artsy fart fuck, I would absolutely put that on a fucking... Oh god, I wish I I would put, I would tattoo that, but I wish I knew how to like draw things that weren't like morbid, terrifying goth shit. And I would love to make the the wheelie uh, lawnmower thing into a whole thing. But it, I just think that's so fucking funny. Um, oh, that was great. Yeah. And then this is the follow up from the uh, representative. Just a heads up, the driver that showed up at 7.45 p.m. last night will no longer be allowed back on premises. This individual was one of the most unprofessional drivers I've ever met. Being late was only the tip of the iceberg. He looked like leftover garbage and smelled as poorly as his clothing and his appearance would suggest. But the straw that broke the camel's back was the fact that he stood in our parking lot and relieved himself. I nearly lost my cookies. Had it not been for that fact and I waited all day for this load to move, I would have refused to load him. Which is, uh, it's, you don't even get that in the original story, that he was pissing in the parking lot. Just that he was eating a watermelon. (laughs) (laughs) That's always the funniest thing about stories like this, is when you find out the stuff that they didn't mention. I know. Yeah, this is like, this is our Paul T. Goldman, you know what I mean? Just this guy (sighs) just absolutely lost in the sauce of, uh, (laughs) yeah, God. No, it's, it's, um... God, there's some other stories that, like, there are these little, like, tags that we can put into a, um, into a load, uh, that's like, I, I mean, one, the fact that every time a container moves anywhere in this country, it's listed in our, our thing as a load, which makes sense because that's what the word means. But the context of everything means that multiple times I've had my boss ask me, Winslow, are you ready for my load? Um, or like, I've got a really hot load coming, any of these things. And it's all said dead straight face. Like, why was my load refused? Yeah. Why was my load? (laughs) This is a no, no loads refused all like gay cum dump, whatever. Um, (laughs) and I, yeah, I, there's also a thing where if you're, if your number is randomly selected, like by the, the feds or whatever to like randomly inspect it you have to go to the uh, container examination station or the CEX. And so I'll get like angry men on the phone with me. just like, why is my, where's my sex container? (laughs) Why is my container in the sex room? It's like, all right, sir. It's like crusty, crusty, the clown just going like sex cauldron. I thought we'd close that place down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, um, Oh God. Yeah. But what I was saying earlier was that we have, little like tags that we put into a load that would block it from uh, like processing funds until like everything is taken care of. And we have everything like sorted away. And I had, you know, 99% of them. It's just like, we just need another signature on the paperwork or like we, we don't have all of the invoicing in. So like, let's not run this right now. Cause once it's run, we can't do it again. Um, and it's just a pain in the ass, but I had one of them come up and it was just like, uh, Hey, we can't process this load. It's going to be a little late. The driver was murdered. And then I just looked it up and I was just like, oh, there's a road rage incident and the driver was just murdered. And that's we we apologize for a container of like tube socks being late by just being like, sorry, our guy was killed. (laughs) Jesus Christ, dude. Pretty hard to argue with that. Yeah, my God. Um, 
Yeah. No, it's it's a it's a it's a fun place, and I uh, I hope I don't get fired for telling people about this. Nobody knows where I work. It's fine. There's no way for them to find out. I hope. But yeah, so there's a there's a, a couple couple little stories for you. Kind of a, a short and sweet one this week. Um, you have anything going on you want to talk about? Well, I, I know I've got. Uh, luckily, I have started working on the next document. So next time we can have another good uh, something awful one. And we ha- we have talked to some. Uh, I have been contacted by a couple people about guesting, which is very fun because the stories they want to talk about are some good ones. So I'm really looking forward to doing those ones in the future. Uh, I guess on the on the creative front, um, I don't know. I've, I've been working on a video script for the first time in a couple months. That's pretty fun. I guess we have that to look forward to. Is it more in the, um, the furry world? Kind of. It's a video gaming one, but it is also kind of furry. It's about this video game called Tribal Hunter, where like it was kickstarted a couple years ago and it came out last year. The gimmick is it's like a platformer, but the people who made it all have like inflation fetishes, and you play as like a little lizard bot guy who can like eat people to get bigger. And it's interesting because like it makes the game less fun to play. And it's just like an interesting thing to be where it's like they had someone was like weighing their values. And they're like, fun game, uh, honking my horn, watching this lizard pop. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the latter. And it's just very funny seeing that weird conflict of of fun game design and like weird, weird Internet sex stuff interlapping in just a way that doesn't happen very often, I feel. OK, so I have a friend who's into piss stuff and. She explained it to me in a way that was just like, it just, it feels euphoric to be degraded in that way because I know that it's a play and I know that I'm actually, I'm the one in control by like, by knowingly giving consent and then like, so like that kind of makes sense to me because it is like, it is so debaucherous and it is so grotesque uh, that there is a thrill to it because it's so out there. You're not supposed to do this kind of thing, right? Um, And yeah, just she's also into like a ton of other stuff, like everything but scat basically. Um, But I can see the through lines for a lot of kinks um, that I can kind of understand how people get into them, where there's an aspect of it where that would actually come about in a normal sexual encounter. You know what I mean? Like maybe there's, there's some wires get crossed and stuff like that. Long story short, where do you start with an inflation fetish? That's actually what a big part of it is. is I do, a lot of it is me explaining. Like I, I, said, I start from the beginning. I'm like, okay, first we have to start the difference between asexual and sexual reproduction. Then we have to talk about sexual selection. Then we have to talk about from there, like all the different stuff. And from there, I move into the difference between like kinks and paraphilias and fetishes and stuff where a kink is and, and breaking down there. Like, yeah, we're like piss stuff. That's like a kink where it's like, it's like a thing you're into or whatever. It, it just, the different lineations, how they come about. It's actually like a really interesting psychological thing to talk about. It's pretty informative. And for me, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this because as someone who has had to live with some of these, it is like very weird and alienating when you were growing up, especially before the internet was super common, like the smartphones and stuff to be like, why am I like this? Why is nobody else like this? Is there something wrong with me? And then later on learning about it and being like, Oh, okay. Basically the shortest answer I can give is that it's just like, what psychology currently thinks is it's just like, it's just like a thing that that, that you don't choose to do it. It's not like a result. It's just something that kind of awakens in you and it's kind of arbitrary. And the official psychological thing is that as long as you're not hurting anyone or yourself, 
and then it's fine. It's just like, you know, your thing. So that's, that's a big part of the video is explaining what those are. And then after that, I can go, all right, now let's talk about this video game <laughs> and then go into this, go into the stuff about how that affects the game. And so it's, it's kind of all over the place, but that's why I'm excited. It's just a place I haven't really gotten to play with before in my content. And, you know, it's nobody else has done this and it's kind of a, you know, I think, I think that that could be like an interesting uh, niche perspective that people might be interested in. So uh, it, it feels good to be working on something like that again, after kind of running dry on videos for a while, just cause you know, the, the, the audience wasn't really there for it compared to my other stuff. Right. So it's, it's good to be working again. And I, I'm general, just, I'm happy I'm working on more stuff again. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Like I, I just started drawing for the card game. Uh, again, because I've been so focused on making it like a playable thing, and it is. If you're in Chicago, please come and play my game. But uh, now I can actually sit down and do the thing that my hands have been begging me to do for the longest time, which is like put pen on fucking paper and draw things, which is that's what I'm good at. Um, and it's just been so much fun. I technically I should be writing more than drawing right now because I, I need to finish the the last of the writing for the game. Um, but I just wanted to draw something just to like relieve the, the tension. My, my, like literally I feel it in my hands. Like it's like a, a, a shakiness that I need to commodify, you know? Um, I, I guess, but to, to, I, you'll probably go into this in the actual video, but, um, so like if you're a tits guy, you find somebody with big tits. If you are a thighs guy, you'll find somebody with, with thick thighs, right? Um, and and yeah. the, the same thing for, for all the genders and all the different desires. Um, I, I, this is kind of a two-pronged thing. Um, and I'm sure you, you go into this. Outside of technology, um, fetishes... I, I, I wonder how, how do you satisfy some of these fetishes like um, like an inflation fetish when you don't have access to, uh, well, I guess... It's not, it's not physically possible. It's not physically possible, yeah. right? Um, but like the sensation that is like concordant with that, I just wonder, like, is, is there... How recent is because you, you talk about how furries have been around for a long time in one aspect or another. Um, have what's like the earliest we've had of like earliest evidence of, say, an inflation fetish? Um, I guess arguably, like if you go back, you could find a lot of early human stuff. Like there's like a lot of like phallic worship stuff that lines up kind of like with what now is like the super oversized furry stuff. I know that there is some stuff like, I know like even arguably like there's a lot of early stuff like about how there's like early, like uh fertility idols and mm -hmm. stuff like the Venus de Milo. So for some people say it's like, it could be, it was a woman did it. And that's like what the perspective looks like. If it's a woman looking down at their own body, other people just say it was like, Oh, because that's the type of body that type that they were into. It's interesting. I guess in terms of history, it's one of those things where whether or not the internet is making it more common or if it's just making it more visible because, you know, there's like only a couple thousand people might have one of these interests, but thanks to the internet, they can all know each other and form a community and have like their own memes and stuff and basically be their own little society in, on the internet. Whereas in the old days, if you were like that, it was just one of those things where you'd probably be like a, um, uh, what's the name of that one guy? Uh, like I'm, I'm thinking, 
I can't forget. I can't remember his name. You'd be one of those people where it's like you just die, then people go in your house and find a bunch of weird drawings and be like, oh, okay, oh, this, Henry this person Darger. has some stuff going. That's yeah, kind of like a Henry Darger situation where it was very kind of alone, like alienating and depressing. Whereas now it's just a community you can be a part of, and that's kind of what part of it is. I'm going to talk about too is like the experience because yeah, yeah, I've listened. People have asked me about that. Like it's like you know, it's like how do you date people when you're like this? You know, how do you find relationships and stuff? And as someone who has gone through stuff like that and just got out of a pretty long and fulfilling relationship, I'm that's kind of one of the reasons I want to do it cause, too because people have those questions and even people who are pretty aware about this stuff don't really seem to know or really play that much into that type of part of it like you can know about weird internet sex stuff but nobody the actual people behind it unless you're part of that community you just don't really know as much about them so that's kind of the perspective I'm hoping I can share there showing how for the most part it is something that is tough and that's one of the reasons why I want to do it and make it more knowledgeable one of my things is like if this game had existed when I was like you know a teenager and I was kind of going through this for the first time if that was what I was into it would have been really useful and helpful to be like just in, in, as part of like common video gamer knowledge just be like hey this thing that exists up there that's what that's my thing as opposed to trying to explain it to people in a way that you know it's like how do you even broach that subject it's one of those things where you can't really talk about that in polite conversation and in general one of my things is like that ultimately the existence of stuff like this is a net positive for society because a part of you know uh you know lgbtq pride and liberation stuff is higher visibility the fact that people can exist in these things and the fact that just in general the more that the more open and accepting we are of human sexuality the better it is for people who are you know I I don't like to use the old term they would use is aberrant sexuality or whatever. Now they just mm. call it paraphilia. That's the scientific term I try to use, which is where you have a, a sexual fixation outside of actual genitals or the act of intercourse. Right. A paraphilia is where it's just something where it's like you just want to like, you know, just you just want to pop balloons or you just want to see people get inflated or, you know, you want, you know, like macrophilia. Like you want to watch like a giant kangaroo kick a building down or something. But that's just completely <laughs> yeah, dude, divorced. We all want to do that. Like that's absolutely <laughs> yeah. true. You haven't seen that the Kangaroo that, Wars on Spike TV? <laughs> that is actually, that's a very funny um, story. There was a Kickstarter a couple years ago for a, a kaiju fighting game, you know, like, like Godzilla right. monsters. And it was a Kickstarter thing. So if you backed a certain amount, you could have your original character put in there as a fighting thing. And one of the people who backed there was a macro furry. Macros are macro, short for macrophilic, people like giants. And it was a big hassle because his thing was, he was like, okay, so my character is a giant, but he doesn't like to hurt things. So he's only going to hurt people fighting them accidentally. And it was like this whole thing, like, this is a fighting game. Your guy can't just be like Mr. Beating his way through through a fight. You know, It doesn't really work that way. I don't know. I think that would be kind of a fun little mechanic of just like, you have to inadvertently like you can't hit anybody with a weapon or with your body you just have to set up rube goldberg like (laughs) circumstances for them to be like smashed by other objects you know what i mean yeah like your dodge is like ooh, a giant corner exactly yeah you (laughs) just have to like drop little bear traps and stuff like that yeah yeah and in general just like i think it's one of those things where once you once you're in that world and like once you're at least like okay with it then you meet all sorts of really interesting people because when you have these type of fixations the way that it colors your worldview is very interesting. Like some of my, like there's i I'll give a shout out. There's since I'm really into lost media and nostalgia mm-hmm. and stuff, there's actually uh, one, uh, her name's Oralina. She runs, uh, she runs a thing called the furry found footage fest. 
and she finds a lot of weird old cartoons and stuff. And I like her her talk about them because part of her stuff is just talking about like all the weird fetish feel in them. Like she'll always be like, okay, and then this is the part where like she did one about this like eighties anime movie that was done by the guy who directed Akira, and it's like about like a fantasy kingdom of cat people with an evil queen. I think that's why I mentioned inflation because I just watched this video earlier where she like touches people and her powers that she can touch people and turn them into balloons. There's all this lovingly animated eighties anime footage of just furries being inflated. And I was just like, wow, I wonder if the guy who made this knew what he was doing or if this was just a coincidence or if like somebody higher up was like, okay, I'll bankroll your film, but I need something for daddy. You gotta, you gotta put these, this inflation stuff in this. It's, it's very interesting and weird and just not talked about very much, which is why I kind of like exploring that space because we really just don't know much about it. And we're only like, really it was only until the internet happened that we really started realizing like how common this is and, and just how widespread it is. And I'm hoping as, as we learn more about psychology and human development, we might have more concrete answers for, for why these things happen. But for the most part, it's just kind of, you know, I've made my peace with it. And it's kind of nice to just be like, you know, it's not your fault. There's no, there's no deeper significance to it. It's not like, you know, in fiction, a lot of times, like, you know, if you read like a Thomas Harris novel, like a, like a Hannibal book or something, a lot of times when people have a very, a trope in crime fiction is when people have a weird sexuality. It's a reflection of something that's wrong with them mm-hmm. or some sort of trauma that they had. And well, that's a nice shorthand in fiction. That's not how it really works for people usually. And a lot of times it's the exact opposite. I know that was kind of one of the things that fucked me up when I was growing up was, was trying to read into my things too much and being like, wait, does this mean this about me? Ew, that's gross. And it's being like, wait, no, that's not it. It's just a, it's just a weird thing that happened to me. And, right. and I'm, and it's going to be fun to talk about it more in depth in a video format where I can actually just kind of lay all my thoughts out and organize them. And I'm still in the script writing stage right now. Script writing is always the most time consuming because it just of takes course. so long and there's yeah. so much editing, but like I said, it's, I'm glad to talk about this. And a lot of people I've shown some stuff to and talk about have been both like regular, you know, quote unquote regular people and also people like in the furry communities I'm in have both like what I've shown them. So it makes me feel good that there's, you know, I can hopefully, you know, help educate people a little bit and still be entertaining while talking about a game that's pretty weird and fun. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's just cool. It's, you know, and plus, like where I am right now, just these this past week or two, it's been kind of like I'm just waiting for a bunch of things to happen. So it's been nice to have something to work on while I'm waiting for those things to pass. Word. Well, yeah, uh, that'll be fun to, to see when that comes out. And, and as for for us for this week, this is just kind of a short one, but uh, we'll be back next week with more stuff and you can always find us on ifti pod on uh twitter and uncle picture also on twitter and you can find me uh at calculations on instagram and at winslow domain on twitter and of course uh we have uh everything or i have everything ready for anybody in chicago who wants to play my card game uh come on over let me know shoot me a message we can work something out but until next week thanks for listening all right, yeah, thanks for the inaugural episode of Winslow Presents. I've been wanting to have that for a while. So. Perfect. Ass pussy, ass pussy, ass pussy, ass pussy, ass pussy, ass pussy. Ass pussy. I'm From the Internet is created by Jay Brandstetter and Winslow Domain. Edited by Steve Brown. Music by Steve Isbroke. <laughs>